Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Welcome into the post-game reaction of the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Ole Miss, a loser to Auburn today. And uh, as we've done uh, in the past, going to do a post-game reaction periscope as well. So I'm about to hit live on that. First, I do want to remind you, of course, the show is brought to you by LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue in Oxford. Hope you started your weekend with LB's. The weather's a little bit cooler, but you can still get... The, it's the best place in Mississippi to get your meat, so you can get one of their daily lunch specials Monday through Friday, as always. But make sure you start your weekends with LB's. It's the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. Go by and see Greg. Tell him that we sent you here at Super Talk, and that is LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue in Oxford. So I'm going to go ahead, make one slight adjustment. All right, I'm going to hit live on this Periscope feed. Hopefully everything is in order. So I just hit live here. I'm going to give the people a second to uh, to get in. Uh, and the notification just went out. So hopefully here in a second, uh, we'll get started. So got a few people in. Uh, Ole Miss, a 35-28 loser today to Auburn. I'm just firing a, a tweet off here, sharing the Periscope, and we'll get started Come on, I don't know what to say. Come on in, come talk. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea how to uh, format tweets like this. Like, come talk to me. That's weird. Um, join me. How's that? Does that sound good? That sounds good. All right, Ole Miss, a 35-28 to 28 loser to Auburn today. And the story is going to be, well, there's, there's a lot of stories. It's hard to digest completely everything that happened in this game. I, I mean, uh, that was like five football games worth of content mixed into one. But if you've got a reaction, I'd love to hear from you. So drop a comment, a question right now if you're watching on Periscope. A bunch of you are. I uh, would love to hear from you and uh, go back and forth, hear your thoughts, your reactions to what just happened on the field in Oxford. But first, uh, just a quick box score situation. Bo Nix was 23 of 30 for 238. Had that one touchdown, uh, no interceptions on the day. Matt Corral was 16 of 27 for 154, had one touchdown. They're counting two interceptions. Uh, that that one towards the end of the game, I mean, there was a penalty or I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. One interception actually during the course of a game and one touchdown. Plumlee got a lot of playing time, completed one pass in the game. Um, the story, honestly, was multiple things. We already get the question, was that ball touched? And the answer is yes, but... I want to get to that in a second, because I think if you're going to talk about this game, if you take a big, deep breath and talk about this game, although I think it is very true, in fact, I think it's just, it's undeniable, you cannot suggest otherwise, that that bad call, which is what it was, not reviewing that and giving the ball to Ole Miss after the Auburn returner clearly touched the football and it went behind him and was recovered in the end zone, that directly impacted the outcome of this game. I think that is, that's undeniable. You cannot say otherwise. No matter what side you're on, if you're an Auburn fan or whatever, that directly impacted the outcome of the game. However, I think the biggest, uh, the most concerning thing for Ole Miss right now was uh, the decisions. Multiple bad... There's my wife. You can see behind me. She says that. Um, coaching decisions that were made in that game when it 
and you can start at the third quarter, the beginning of the third quarter after um, you force Auburn into a three and out, and Ole Miss defensively, we'll get to that later, um, another performance that was good enough to win a game. And that's all you can really ask for from that unit considering their personnel deficiencies. But um, Ole Miss forces a three and out, and there's a bad snap over the kicker's head, and Ole Miss gets the football in plus territory, and they go to John Rice Plumley instead of Matt Corral. And then in the fourth quarter, they do the same thing. They're up one, they have the ball late in the fourth, and they go to Matt Corral, and in those, or they go to John Rice Plumley instead of Matt Corral. And in those two situations, um, it, you, you either got to do one of two things. You have to stop going to Plumley altogether because, number one, Matt Corral is clearly your best option at quarterback. And last week, he was horrendous. We talked about it last week. He was awful. And he threw an interception today, although that is not um, entirely Corral's fault. I think Elijah Moore ran a really bad and lazy route. It was thrown into a really tight window. There were multiple Auburn defenders around. But blaming that interception exclusively on Matt Corral is you don't know what you're watching if you do that. Very poor route from Elijah Moore. He ran like through the back of the end zone even. So uh, equal blame to be placed there. But if you're going to do this, you shouldn't because Matt Corral's your quarterback and clearly the, the better option here. But if you're going to put John Rice Plumley in the game, especially in key spots, you can't just run the football. You have to at some point Make him test defenses vertically because Auburn did it today just like Auburn did it last year and Texas A&M last year. Every time Plumlee's in the game, everybody, everybody knows what's going to happen. And you do too, right? I did. Plumlee's in the game. They're going to run the football. And Auburn is talented enough defensively to key on that and stop the run. And in those two moments especially where Ole Miss needed to move the football, needed first downs, in a big spot coming out of the half, your defense gets a stop. You you get a break with the bad snap on the punt. And instead of going back to Corral, who was really good there at the end of the second half, really good at the end of the second half, you, you put Plumlee in the game and you run three just basic, just running plays, and Auburn stuffed all three of them. And then you do that god-awful uh, fake field goal, and you blow a chance at really gaining momentum to start the second half. And then in the fourth quarter, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. You're moving the football. You're running the football well with Corral in the game. And he's a good enough runner to where defenses have to keep him honest, but they can't just key on the run because he is a an actual threat in the passing game. Auburn keys on the run. It's a quick possession. And Ole Miss loses momentum. Those two decisions, I think, are glaring. And then... Clock management at the end of the game. Clock management at the end of the game with two timeouts. One, Ole Miss, if they knew they were going to punt on fourth and five on their own, or on the 50, not their own 50, it's everybody's. Uh, But if they knew they were going to punt, wasting a timeout there came back to haunt them. But then not calling a timeout, um, I guess it was right after Corral crossed the 50 on a run play, should have called a timeout there. They wasted too much time. You can't take the timeouts home with you. And once you get inside of 20 seconds, and you still have, you know, 40 yards to go before you score, I mean, what value is a timeout anymore? Because then you have to start testing the end zone. So clock management at the end of the game was really, really bad. Uh, And then managing the quarterbacks was really, really bad. Um, This is what I said last week. And I'm really surprised, honestly, to see 
that uh, Lane Kiffin, of all people, would do uh, the, the reactionary thing, and that was to the second Corral throws an interception, oh, we're going to Plumlee, and then you do the running quarterback, passing quarterback thing, and, and all that stuff. Um, it, it just, I am surprised to see that from Lane Kiffin. The quarterback shuffling. I'm really surprised to see that because he and Jeff Levy are smarter than that, right? Uh, Because every time they went to Plumlee, everybody knew what was going to happen. You, your brother, my wife, my dogs, everybody knew when he was in the game they are going to run the football. And they still just continued to do it and wasted multiple possessions. I think coaching, play calling with Plumlee, that fake field goal I think was an awful call in that spot too because... Uh, in an effort to not um, talk down to a college kid who I'm sure works very hard, um, nobody has confidence in Ole Miss making field goals. And so Auburn was probably content to let him give it a shot. Hey, they're going to kick a field goal? This kid misses them often. Go ahead. Kick the field goal. Didn't spend too much time uh, in, in some kind of field goal block effort, and they were prepared for that fake. That entire sequence I, I was shocked by. Uh, honestly, completely shocked by in multiple times going to Plumlee when they just simply didn't need to. Corral was fine. Yes, he threw an interception and that in a tight game like this, it ended up being pretty costly as well. But he played well in this game. He, He was much more comfortable and made better decisions this week than he did last week. He didn't force the football that often today. He ran the football well, had 88 yards on the ground himself, so he was good um, in the running game. But on top of everything else, I think Ole Miss was running the football better with Corral in the game because Auburn had to respect the pass. And when they don't have to do that, they're too talented to have a quarterback in the game when you know all he's going to do is run. And that cost Ole Miss today. We'll get to the officiating. I want to get to the officiating because, quite simply, it is inexcusable. It is 100% inexcusable what happened on the field today from the SEC officials. It's inexcusable. But you've got to start with yourself first when you're talking about why you won and lost this game. And drops, multiple key drops from the receivers. Yaboa had two of them. And Ole Miss's opening possession, Corral delivered a strike on the sideline that was dropped. There was a key third down. I think it was a third down. Um, that Jonathan Mingo dropped, would have moved the chains. And then there at the end of the game, Yaboa again with another key drop. And so the receivers are regressing, and that's a serious problem. Um, and then the the back and forth with the running quarterback, passing quarterback thing. Um, just Ole Miss shot themselves in the foot today. And I think you've got to start there when you're talking about this game before you get to officiating because if Ole Miss just takes care of things, if Elijah Moore runs a better route and Corral makes a better decision down there on the goal line, Ole Miss maybe gets points on that possession. If they don't go to Plumlee at the start of the third quarter, maybe Ole Miss gets points on that possession. If they don't go to Plumlee in the fourth quarter, up one, and have a quick three and out, maybe it's different. So a lot more things happen from an Ole Miss mistake perspective than the officiating. So I think that's where you have to start when you're talking about this game. All right, I got a bunch of your messages. I'm sorry, you're going to see my finger here on the on the screen as I scroll back to uh, to get these. Um, get one that says, did he touch the ball on that kickoff? Yes, he did. That, that is 150% undeniable. Undeniable. 
he touched that ball on the kickoff. The play was blown dead when it should not have been. They li- okay. I'll get. I'll actually get to this right now. Let's turn the page. So that was the quarterback shuffling. I think was a real problem. The decisions to go with Plumlee in those spots was a real problem. The fake field goal was bad. Drops were bad. Clock management at the end of the game was bad. All of that's on Ole Miss. But turning the page to the officiating, um, he touched that ball. He absolutely touched that ball. And a key indicator of shining example of why you know he touched the ball was the player's reaction. Did you see what he did? You, you may have not noticed this. Did you see what he did? He turned around and went off after it because he knew he touched it. He knew he did. And I think it was Tyler Knight that recovered it. I could be wrong. I think that's who it was. Knew he touched it too. And somehow, some way. In a one-point game, in a close play like that, they don't stop play to review it. And then they claim they went to the booth and the booth didn't see anything to overturn the penalty. Or overturn the the ruling. Excuse me, not penalty, but to, to overturn it and give Ole Miss a touchdown, which it absolutely should have been. That is, I keep saying it, it's inexcusable. And that's the, the third time this year this has happened to Auburn. So if you remember back to week one, Kentucky scored a touchdown. Half, I think it was Cavassier's smoke. Half of his body was over the goal line. They reviewed it, still didn't call it a touchdown. Kentucky throws, I think, a pick six on the next play. And then the Arkansas game, two weeks ago, or three weeks ago now, I guess, um, Bo Nick spiked the ball backwards. Spiked the ball backwards with 30 seconds left, and I think they were down two, if I remember correctly. There was a clear and immediate recovery by an Arkansas defender. 100%. He saw Bo Nix spike it backwards. He saw it happen, and he dove on the football. Officials blew the play dead. They gave a BS reason that there wasn't a clear and immediate recovery, even though all of us have eyes, and we all saw that there was. Auburn gets the football back, even though they shouldn't have had it. They kick a game-winning field goal. And now this week, that football touched his hand. It's undeniable. Ball bounced, and you saw his fingers go backwards. And then he turned and chased after it. And to say that the booth looked at it and didn't see anything, um, it's a lie. Because if we're being honest, their explanation was a lie. I, I'm sure that they looked at it for a second. And uh, Cole Kubelik, after the game, said that Ole, the Ole Miss sideline was asking for it to be looked at. And we've learned after the game now, I'm trying to keep up with it as I talk here in real time, now that Lane Kiffin said the, they told him that they looked at it and didn't see anything. If you want to do it right, especially something that is that by the inch, you stop playing, you look at it. That is standard procedure officiating. You stop play. And you look at that. Not doing that in that moment is an egregious mistake that should be punished. And it won't be because this is what happens. This happens weekly. And on top of that, Bigsby on Auburn's go-ahead touchdown, he fumbled the football. He, he was not down. Ball came out. They didn't look at that either. So, um, it's an egregious mistake. And I, I think it's an outright lie that the replay booth claims that they looked at it, and didn't see that it touched his hand. I think that is an outright lie. That's a cover-your-you-know-what move. And they were wrong. 
They tried to cover their backside, and they're wrong about it, and nothing's going to happen. Because this is a weekly occurrence. A league that distributes $50 million to its member institutions and then keeps 50 more for itself on top of all the other money they make. Um, accept this. Because at this point, they are, if you are complicit in this, like if you don't do anything about it, which they clearly don't, they're okay with it. They accept this. And what happened on that field today was completely unacceptable. Not reviewing that play is completely unacceptable. And if they were doing it right, which I doubt they will, Greg Sankey or, or the SEC and SEC officials will come out with a statement that explains that they blew it. it. That doesn't fix anything at all, and I'm aware of that. doesn't fix anything. But if they want to do this correctly, if they want to actually pretend like they care about the integrity of their games, they need to, tomorrow, announce that they blew it. They do that in the NBA. I'm wearing a Pelican shirt. They do that in the NBA. They call it the two-minute report. If there's a bad call in the final two minutes of the game... It gets reviewed, and a study, I guess you can call it a study, is released, and you can see their explanation, the exact time on the clock, what the call was, what they saw, and if they screwed it up. And they lay it out in detail. That's what they do. It's called the two-minute report. It solves nothing, but at least they're transparent. And so when I watch NBA games, and my team this past season got screwed over by a bad call, the two-minute report the next day didn't change the outcome. Of course not, because the game is the game. But the next day, the NBA said, that shouldn't have happened. It was Brandon Ingram. He got fouled. I think, oh gosh, now I don't remember. I feel like I, I feel stupid. It was a Brandon Ingram play against the Utah Jazz back in January or so. But the next day, they said, hey, we screwed this up. Here's what happened. Here's what should have been called. Here's what wasn't called. Are bad. We screwed up. The officials made a mistake. If the SEC wants to do this right, I don't think they will, but if the SEC wants to do this right, they will do something like that tomorrow. Because that literally, in late in the fourth quarter, in a one-point game, took a touchdown off the board. Literally took a touchdown off the board, an egregious officiating mistake, and nothing more changed, directly changed the outcome of a game. And this happens too much, and they're complicit in this, and they accept this because it happens. It's happened to Auburn three times this year. Auburn is 0-5, if not for egregious officiating mistakes. And we get a a message here that says that. Without the SEC ref's help, Auburn would be 0-5. You're exactly right. I don't know how they accept this. And they, they need to do something about this right away. They need to do something about it right away. If I'm Lane Kiffin, I'm asking for it. I'm on the phone with Sankey after this game. Even though, hey, not his best game as a coach, and he'll probably tell you that, I'm on the phone right now with Greg Sankey. You better explain this to me. How your officiating crew, this multi-million dollar league and that officiating crew could get something so simple so wrong. That's what I would do if I were uh, Lane Kiffin and Keith Carter. We get one message here. John Rice Plumley is not the answer to get first downs. No, and I, see, going to him initially, um, a lot of people actually agreed with that because they saw Corral's turnover and thought, oh, here we go again. 
And I think there was more to that play. Not not every interception is created equal. And you cannot blame Matt Corral's interception today exclusively on him. Um, and I was glad to see the broadcast pointed out. After they came back from break, they must have seen it and realized that there was some kind of issue with the route. Um, Elijah Moore just... I, it looked like he was supposed to really cut his route back inside. Instead, he just kind of lazily jogged out of the back of the end zone. That was it was a bizarre play there, but getting Corral an ex, an extended break made sense to me in that moment. Like they went to Plumley, gave him a series. He, you know, he ran the ball downfield a little bit, but you know it didn't work. Give Corral a longer break, and then you go back to him. It wasn't forcings. He was running the football well. And that's where they should have stayed, right there. But instead, they made that decision to go back to Plumlee to start the third quarter, and it bit them in the rear end. And then they do it in the fourth quarter, and it bit them in the rear end again. Matt Corral's your quarterback. You run the football better when Matt Corral's in the game. Stop shuffling quarterbacks. It was a huge problem for Ole Miss a year ago. Massive problem for Ole Miss a year ago. And there were flashes of that today. And that cost you the game. You can't do that again. Ole Miss cannot afford to do that again. Matt Crowell's your quarterback. He runs your offense the best. He gives you bad clock management from Kiffin. Yeah, that the, the final possession, not using those timeouts earlier in that possession, really cost them a shot at the end zone. Gator Arms Mingo. Yeah, he's uh, after the Kentucky game, I thought he turned a corner. Uh, that is Jonathan Mingo, if you're listening in uh, podcast form. I really thought he turned a corner. Um, and just not that way. Drops. And they might even be in his head at this point. But costly drops uh, from Mingo uh, for Ole Miss. And Yaboa also today did the same thing. Thoughts on the Lakers' victory this year? That is... Uh, Something that I will not talk about on here, but uh, congrats to them, I guess. Um, you know, it's easy when the NBA and everybody else is on your side. Um, Auburn sucks, but Ole Miss sucks too simple. That's uh, excellent analysis. I, uh, I appreciate that. Kyle says, thoughts on why Plumlee isn't being transitioned into a different role so that they can keep him on the field? Um in part, I'm reluctance uh, to do it. But, I mean, a couple weeks ago uh, on on Periscope here after the game, I said the same thing. It's, I mean, Plumlee's explosive. He's very, very fast. But every time he gets a carry, that means Elijah Moore doesn't get a touch. That means Jerry and Ely doesn't get a touch. That means Snoop Connor does not get a touch. And they were really good today. And they're better equipped to get physical yards. I mean, I... They could probably try to get him looks in space and things like that, but getting him a touch means you don't get your two really high-level running backs a touch. Line him up in the slot, that means you might be taking some looks away from Elijah Moore, and there might be some reluctance to do something else. But him being at quarterback is not the solution. This is why I talked about it all last week, and people on Twitter got very upset with me because uh, I just, I don't know. But this is why, this today is exactly why I was hammering that home so bad. This is why, right here. Because it doesn't work. The teams in the SEC are too talented to run an offense that is so predictable. If you insist, if you absolutely insist on playing 
Plumley, you have to let him throw the football or else that's your future. What you saw today, that's your future. Was Bama minus six in the first and 13 and a half <laughs> in the first quarter, 13 and a half in the first half, the best bet of the century? Yeah, uh, congrats to you. Um, I wish I'd have known that I could have gotten Bama at six and a half in the first quarter, too, because um, I've got it on in the background. I'm obviously not watching it closely because I'm talking to you guys. But, um, yeah, this was always going to be a bloodbath uh, from the very beginning. Uh, Tennessee's got some issues inside of that program, too. I mean, firing your defensive line coach in the middle of a game. Ooh. And then Garantano getting the start today. What is it, 14 to nothing with uh, 250 to go in the first quarter? Yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be a bloodbath. One of you says, can't wait to beat Mississippi State by three touchdowns in Oxford. Well... If quarter, if Matt Corral plays, then uh, yeah. But if you keep shuffling quarterbacks, um, it's not going to work. Poor hail mary attempt by Corral at the end. Yeah, that's that stunk. Um, but at that point, you had already lost the game. I mean, hail marys—they uh, rarely work. They don't for a reason. He definitely uh, ran past the line of scrimmage pretty significantly. But at that point, with the clock management and stuff like that, you uh, you already lost the game there. But that was not. Um, no, that was not particularly good. Get one message that says Grizzlies greater than Pelicans. Yeah, yeah uh, go back and look at their head-to-head uh, scores from this past year. And uh, say that again. <laughs> NBA smack talk. That's how bad that game went for Ole Miss today. Um, looking at a couple of things. Matt Corral was better. As I said, I've got these notes written down, so if I'm being a little repetitive, I'm sorry. But he was better today. He was more comfortable today. I know he threw the interception, but... There were multiple times where it looked like he wanted to or thought about forcing the issue and testing Auburn downfield in a window that may not have been there, and he either checked down, he threw the ball out of bounds uh, in one scenario. He was much better today, and the numbers aren't going to jump off the page at you because Auburn made sure to not get beat deep, and also Ole Miss decided to shuffle quarterbacks a lot, and the game went by pretty quickly. It was a pretty fast game, so limited possessions for Ole Miss, but if you're looking for a silver lining, um, he was better today. He was much better today and ran the football really, really well. And if Ole Miss, with Connor and Ely and Corral, continue to run like that, it will open up passing lanes again, and they'll be able to throw the football some as well, which is just, again, why it's so mystifying that they took him out uh, in favor of Plumlee when they were running the football better when Corral was in the game because Auburn had to respect him. Uh, But he was better today, so that's a good sign moving forward. Um, I said this earlier, but just in my notes, the wide receivers are regressing. They are absolutely regressing. Uh, Dropping passes, running bad routes. Um, They don't block well. Um, They're not physical on the edges. They don't run block well at all. And that's something that Ole Miss has been really good at over the last few years, uh, was run blocking. And they did not uh, at all do that very well. So regressing. Uh, are the Ole Miss wide receivers. And if you're looking for another silver lining, uh, the defense played well enough to win you a football game. They have COVID problems. They have Miles Battle, for example, playing defense. They've got Tylen Knight playing defense. They've had to do shuffling. They are, and I know you guys are, are sick of hearing this, but it's true, they lack talent on that side of the ball. They are so overmatched on that side of the ball from a talent perspective. Um, they couldn't tackle Tank Bigsby, who's a hell of a player. Don't get me wrong. He's a great player, 
but just they, they're a step slow. Uh, they get physically beat up pretty bad up front for the most part. Um, they, they just don't have talent on that side of the ball. But they play hard, and they played hard today, and they executed when they could. That was the best effort you could get from that defense, and you should win a lot of games. They should have won more games if Ole Miss defensively played like this every week. And moving forward, they can as well. They should have beaten Arkansas last week. They should have beaten Auburn today because of the defensive efforts. This is as good as you're going to get this unit to play, considering the talent deficiencies and They put Ole Miss in positions to win this game, and they couldn't capitalize. So if you're looking for any kind of a silver lining, uh, you've got one there. Williams was pretty good. Had a big sack there towards the end of the game. Uh, Just not enough, unfortunately, to overcome the uh, the shortcomings, if you will, for Ole Miss on, uh, on offense. So that was a silver lining there. By the way, I get uh, tweeted at me an, ex- an explanation. Um, now I've lost it now. Let me see if I can find it. I don't know where it went. Where did it go? Of, uh, of an official explaining why Ole Miss should have gotten... Here we go. Okay, I'm sorry about that. I know that's not, uh, that's not good radio, but... Um, a veteran NFL referee on Twitter, he's got a blue check mark. Terry McCauley, I think, is how you say his last name. He's a rules official for uh, Sunday Night Football on, NB- on NBC and Notre Dame. So, so he's NBC's football rules official, and he was a veteran NFL official. Here's what he said about the touched but not touched kickoff that would have probably sealed the game for Ole Miss. He said, indisputable video evidence is required for replay to reverse the ruling on the field. This was ruled not touched by the receiver. He means returner. But the ball was recovered by the kickers in the end zone. This appears to meet that standard, in my opinion. Should have been an Ole Miss touchdown. Everybody saw it with their eyes. Um, And if you're listening on the podcast, again, I'm sorry I'm being repetitive. It's just, you know, got a Periscope audience here. Um, Everybody saw it. And I don't know how the SEC accepts this. I don't know how they let this happen week after week and do nothing about it. But that's a situation that they're in right now. That should have been a touchdown. And there's no logical excuse afterwards. Um, They said they looked at it, and I'm sure they looked at it for a second, but they're trying to cover their own rear end, and it's not going to work. Everybody saw it. Everybody saw it. What's next for Ole Miss? A couple of winnable games and two games that they have to win. Um, I know I've been preaching about this being year zero. I said it on the podcast earlier this week as well that it, you know it's hard to call games must win at this point, this season, considering everything that's gone on. But Vanderbilt's a game that they should go to Nashville next week if the game gets played. I know the Doors have had COVID issues um, that they should win. And they have South Carolina at home after a bye. Those are two games that they should win to get back on track uh, before going to College Station. So that's what's next for Ole Miss. Not a whole lot to break down with Vanderbilt. They've been dealing with COVID uh, for the last few weeks. They're a bad football team. Ole Miss is better than them really across the board. And it's a game that they should win and win comfortably. It's a nice, uh, nice thing to see on your schedule after the way that they played today and the way that game ended to see... Uh, to see how that went down. Um, 
and, and to recover from that by seeing Vanderbilt next week is, uh, I'm sure that helps them uh, a lot. But um, inexcusable uh, officiating today, inexcusable coaching decisions, just an all-around ugly football game, and uh, they got to get back quick. And luckily for them, they've got Vanderbilt on the schedule. So uh, that's all I've got written down. If you have any comments or anything like that, um, I would love to see them. Any thoughts, any questions, or anything before I wrap up, I'll be happy to take them from you. Um, again, Ole Miss loses 35-28. to So if you got any thoughts, anything, I will be happy to answer your questions. If not, I'm going to go hang it up and watch some more football. Um, so, yeah. If you got them, I'll give you another couple minutes. If not, I'm going to hang it up. Oh, no. Seen across my Twitter feed that Jalen Waddle is uh, about to get in an ambulance. I did not see what happened. But that, um, oh, man, that's uh, that's not good. Hope he's okay. All right. Seeing no more comments, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, sign off with you. The podcast, if you missed any of this, will be uploaded for you here in about five minutes. Give me uh, five minutes. And uh, if you missed any of this, go back from the beginning and listen there. Thank you for watching, of course. Uh, Glad that you are with me. And uh, unfortunately, uh, your old Miss Rebels uh, just kind of blew it today. And uh, so did... SEC officials. So enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Go watch the Saints tomorrow. They're going to be without Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. God bless them, but uh, they're going to win anyway just because I'm a homer and I have to say stuff like that. So have a great Saturday, and uh, I'll talk to you guys again soon. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.